Hello, everybody. I just wanted to take a moment before we start to just recognize that things are hard right now. So that's my housekeeping. Whether you're in the United States and dealing with holding the tension of this election, <clears throat> also knowing that this election is not going to solve the systemic racism that we have in this country, but also hoping that we can work our way out and towards something better, towards equality and um, a different way to be. Or whether you're in a different country dealing with the possibility of lockdown again, You know, the fear holding on for as long as we've been holding on to the fear of a virus that we can't see and we can do little to mitigate its damage except wear a mask, wash our hands, and keep social distancing. I know that wherever you're at, that takes its toll. That is hard. And so in this episode today, I'm going to talk a little bit about things we can do to move that tension, trauma, stress out of our bodies. So stay tuned and thank you for listening. another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I live in Portland, Oregon, in the United States. Um, I live on land that is not my land. I live on land that is unceded territory of the Kathlamet, Clackamas, Cowlitz Bands of Chinook, Tualatin, Kalapuya, Malala, and so many other tribes that made their homes along the Columbia River. I acknowledge, I do an acknowledgement because I live in the paradox and the tension of living on land that doesn't belong to me and working towards something that can be different and I believe needs to be different. So that's why, that's why I do the land acknowledgement. Um, so like I said, what I wanted to talk about today is so many things, but mainly centered around trauma held in the body. So as someone that has lived through trauma, um, the trauma in my childhood, um, which is sexual trauma and neglect, and so many other traumas. <clears throat> As someone with, that lives with that and then has experienced other traumas on top of that, I want to talk about how you hold that or not hold that, actually, using, <laughs> using better wording. And what I mean by that is 
I have been on a quest since I started therapy, really started therapy. I'm not going to count what my parents took me to in high school because that guy did not, <laughs> was not a therapist. He probably technically was, but he was not a therapist. And I, th I think a lot of us have had experiences like that where you go to somebody and rather than help you, it becomes another trauma. Anyway, one of the things that I've been on a quest to discover is how to move the trauma from my body. And so years ago, starting with mediocre therapy, some therapy that wasn't good and getting into therapy that was really good, um, and kind of taught me how to look differently at things and move through things and be vulnerable and develop skills, coping skills and different ways of looking at my life in the present and my life in the past and looking forward into the future. Over the years, people have dropped words or therapists and in books I've read dropped words about moving things out of the body. And one of the books, I think I've mentioned it on here, is by Bessel van der Kolk called The Body Keeps a Score. And it had been on my list for years to read. And every time I got it from the library, it was just, it was, it was too daunting. So last Christmas, I asked for that for a Christmas gift. It's a little insight into who I am. And I read it. And I think I finished it at the beginning of the summer. It took a long time. Because that's one of the things with books like that, that I don't really push myself to get them done because I really want that information to sink in. And that book and so many other things that I've encountered, like brain spotting, and I haven't had the privilege of doing EMDR yet, but anyway, all those little things that you kind of put in your back pocket, either to try at a later date, or you try it and you're like, oh, okay, now I have something that I can go back to and use if I need to. But along the way, I've heard many people talk about how to get that trauma out of your body. Because that's pretty much what Bessel is talking about, is that the body keeps a score. All of that is, I wouldn't say trapped there. Sometimes it is actually trapped. But just how do we get it out? And so hearing that over and over again as somebody that has struggled with their own trauma and healing can be very frustrating. So let me unpack that. You, so you or me, we grow up with experiences that are life-changing traumatic events, a crash or a death of a family member or your house catches on fire or you've been sexually assaulted <clears throat> or whatever it is. And you know that it's a problem for you and you develop coping skills to kind of mitigate that problem. So for me growing up, I, I had repressed memories because 
I did as a child, whatever, whatever it took to survive in the environment that I was in, which was not going to get better. Because I'm sure my mom had her own trauma, which then exposed me to the people that gave her her trauma. So, you know, the, it just, the cycle keeps continuing and until I broke that cycle. And so we de- develop these skills because I would say that they're skills. And most of us know this, if we've read a book about, you know, mental health, or we've probably even watched a show or talked to a therapist that those things that we learn to do to keep ourselves safe, they save us. Like my child self saved me. It saved me from having to work on something at that time that I could not have saved myself from. And then as I aged, those things that were skills and assets became not assets anymore. (laughs) They became things that kept me from true relationship and living in fear and, you know, not really knowing how to do the things that I looked around and saw what I thought normal people knew how to do. So that's some of, some of what's in there. And that's what therapy and doing a lot of self-study have helped me with. That said, growing up with trauma gives you high levels of cortisol in your body that do all kinds of damage, physical damage. So I'm not a scientist. I'm not a certified therapist. I'm a certified spiritual director, which is a different thing. So most of my training I did get some training in school, but most of my training has just been, you know, how can I help myself? And if I can learn these things, ultimately it'll help my clients and maybe help my friends. And so I went on a quest to figure out how to relax or release some of that cortisol. Because I just thought, what the fuck? I have been traumatized trying to get free from the people that did the trauma was traumatizing. And there's trauma on top of trauma on top of trauma. And then now you're telling me that that trauma in my body actually wreaks havoc. Like I've had major teeth problems I've had back issues, I've had, you know, migraines, you name it. So most of us with trauma have some kind of physical tell. Something that's happening in our body that if we could find ways to release that trauma, get it moving, would help us. It would, it would one, just attune us to the rhythms of our body and the rhythms of just, you know, we can see it faster. Like, you know, one of the things that I'm working on is when I'm in a situation where it's not necessarily traumatizing, but I've trained myself and I'm training myself to listen to my body. So look for the tells in my body. Like I'm tightening my jaw. I'm starting to get a headache. I'm feeling my heart, you know, 
beat faster, I'm sweating. Pay attention to that so that I can observe what my body needs or what Angie needs. And my body is the, is the tell. So if I can learn to listen to the tell, I can get myself out of situations or at least be paying attention and get myself removed or aware in order to act or leave faster to mitigate to mitigate further trauma. So back to sort of what I was saying in the beginning, I found it very frustrating. Not only am I learning that that cortisol builds up and causes damage in my body on top of the trauma, which I got to say is a little traumatizing to hear that. You're like, if that, that is the ultimate not fair. <laughs> and then I kept hearing people talk about, well, you just got to get it out of your body. And I've talked a little bit about this before with this uh, thing that I learned um, from a friend of mine, Corin, in England. Um, at the beginning of the pandemic, he posted this uh, video, and I'll put the links in the show notes. This therapist that teaches, I think, five different ways to release cortisol. And my favorite has been the tapping. Um, and I won't go into that. I'll try to link the podcast that I talked about it in or the video. Anyway, so I've got my childhood trauma. I've got learning about the high cortisol levels in my body, which is also a little bit traumatizing. And then I have people and books, therapists telling me, well, you got to release that trauma. And I am saying, yes, I want to release the trauma. Somebody fucking tell me how to do it. Because that's the thing that drives me nuts is if I have something that I have learned that is saving me, I am not going to hoard it. I'm going to tell you what I've learned, and you can use it or not use it. But especially if it could be the key to somebody's release from, from carrying the shit around, I am definitely going to be telling you. So that's the thing that I found frustrating is, I don't think it was intentional, but somebody would drop something in a podcast. Yes, you have to release the trauma. Yeah, no shit. But how? Tell me how to release it. And so back to Bessel, he does talk about some different techniques in the back of his book that have helped different clients. That's not really what his book is about, about you know, giving us the skills. It's kind of mapping out how trauma works and how trauma shows up in different ways for different people. And then in the back of the book, he has some different tools that, and, and not, not teaching you the tools, but maybe just showing how in different studies, different tools have worked. And so on here, I've talked about the tool of that, uh, that journaling technique that I used, um, for about three months, which um, I call dump journaling. Um, but basically, you know, again, it's a it's 10 minute free write. So also, if I remember, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, because that got so much stuff out of the body. And then I realized while I was doing that journaling, there wasn't a physical thing that was happening. And that's what I'm learning about what the body holds on to, is it needs a physical release. 
Um, and he talks a little bit about that in the book. He talks about yoga. He talks about dance. Um, for me, archery has been that thing. And one of the things that's happened during the pandemic is I haven't been able to do archery as much because I've gone to the archery range and either the park was closed for a while. And then as it started to open up, it was just so crowded and people not, you know, paying attention to the regulations. Yes, you're outdoors, but anyway, <laughs> people being stupid, no masks right on top of each other. So that just became another thing that I thought, yeah, I'm not going to put that on top. So anyway, one of the things that weekly I was doing to release stress and trauma, which at that time I didn't fully know the connection or I didn't give it the credence that it deserved. Like I saw the connection. I've been teaching it for a long time to help people release stuff, but I didn't realize also that it was a cortisol releasing skill because I was giving, I, I do this a lot. It's probably imposter syndrome where I think something else maybe would be better, but also to only have one thing or a couple things that I do like running helps me sometimes archery helps me all the time. Hiking helps me all the time, but what do I do? when I can't do those things, you know, cause what do I do if I can't run or I am so exhausted by the emotional toll that what we're living through is taking that I just don't have the physical capacity to run. And also having things that are quick on hand that I can do that release those things. And that's why I want to talk about another book that I've been reading um, that is changing my life. And it's called My Grandmother's Hands. And it's by Resma Minikim, who is also, I don't think he's necessarily a student. Maybe he would call himself a student of Bessel van der, van der Kolk's. So I don't want to get into the weeds of who taught me what and when, but I'm going to give overall credit to a lot of the things I'm learning from Rizma, I hope I'm saying it right, Rizma or Rizma, because I think what he is doing for me, it's, it's like I've had a puzzle. My life has been a puzzle, and I've put a lot of the pieces together, but there's been giant empty sections, or there's been a section that's almost complete, I'm just missing a couple puzzle pieces and I feel like Rizma has given me those pieces. And some of it is things that I've learned. And while I'm reading his book, I'm like, oh, that's what that means. And so thinking about trauma in the body as, as somebody who has lived through trauma and goes through life experiencing other small traumas, which then can kind of explode because you're already kind of carrying this traumatic event or events. And I have so many skills that I've learned. So I don't live vulnerable in the world necessarily. 
I mean, I am a woman, but there are things that can kind of knock me off and sometimes I can see it and sometimes I can't. So the skill that I'm developing and Rizma is helping me develop is the skill of noticing. So I've had that skill or I've been trying to develop that skill and he is showing me how with lots of things, meditations and body practices that I can try at the end of each chapter. And it is the key that's been unlocking so many things for me. What does that mean for me? And you might be thinking, what the hell does that do with me? I also want to say, when I say trauma, I know for some people that can be a big word. And I use trauma more as an umbrella. You know, it's the big word that I think can be overused by some and that can be underused by others. But I use it as an umbrella because there's a lot of things that happen to us, you know, in life, in every day that, um, maybe wouldn't constitute trauma, but if you're already walking around in a traumatized body, I would say constitutes trauma. So let me give you a quick example about that. So a few years ago, I went to a store and it's a store that, a grocery store that I always go to. And I pulled into a parking spot and kind of checked to make sure where I was at was okay. And just an aside, I'm a two helper with a one wing. So what that means for me in life is I can be an extreme rule follower um, with things like that. So much to the irritation of my husband, he's just like, who cares? I pull in and I like readjust my parking. I make sure that I'm not over the lines. I, I've, I've loosened up quite a bit, but I, I have been trapped and not been able to get into my car because somebody hasn't done that. So I usually am overcautious. So giving you a little, you know, glimpse into <laughs> to the rule follower I am. So I kind of checked and I was a little bit into the walkway, but the walkway was like two and a half feet. So I was I was on the line, you know, of the walkway. So I wasn't even in the walkway. Anyway, I digress. Um, and I got into the store and got my shopping cart and I'm kind of in my own world. So this is pre-COVID. And probably three minutes, maybe not even that long, getting into the store, this man comes up to me. And maybe he didn't consider that he was raising his voice, but he definitely was raising his voice. And he said, I was in a no parking zone and he pretty much was screaming at me in the grocery store and i was i was looking at him cuz i could feel all of the rage and fear inside of me coming up and i also had been working really hard on confronting people and things how can you confront a thing anyway but so i just said who are you who who are you and why are you talking to me? And he just got louder and louder and I could feel myself shaking. So those are all body signs. And I can't remember what I said, but 
you know, I, I was like, basically stop talking to me. I didn't do anything wrong. Get away from me. And he didn't let it go, but eventually I got away from him. And then I was just standing in the vegetable section, just shaking because I have trauma. (laughs) And I think anybody probably would have been shaken. You know, this is, this is a white man, older, taller than me, pretty much in my face. And I didn't have the capacity to go, oh, I'm sure he's just having a bad day. I don't know if I will ever have the capacity to just say, when somebody is that aggressive, to just say, oh, they're just having a bad day. I don't know if I want to have that ability. But anyway, it shook me. And and I tell that story because I still go to that shop. I ended up telling somebody at a at the register, just like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm out of it. I just this guy verbally assaulted me in the grocery store and I don't really know what to do about it. And they were super kind and they said, Do you want us to walk you out to your car? And normally, being the tough person that I try to be, I would have said no, but I said yes, and I let them walk me to the car. Now I use that story to illustrate that was like probably two or three years ago. I've never encountered that guy since. I've never had another problem in that store. And still, yesterday when I went to that store, I thought about that. So it's left residue in me that I, one, do not deserve to have, carry, be carrying that guy around with me or that incident around with me. I don't need it. I don't deserve it. I don't want it. But I'm using it to illustrate that I wouldn't call that a traumatic event, but it definitely was a stressful event, and that stress needed to leave my body. I'm going to use another, I'm going to give another example. I was recently in a conversation with some people, and we were sharing how we're doing, what's going on in our lives, and it was amazing. A couple people, you know, and I just talking about how we're doing and um, what's going on. And for, you know, for the three of us, most of us were in a good place, but there were a couple really hard stories. And that's okay. I have the capacity to hold hard stories. But what I don't need to do and what I don't want to do and what I don't want to keep passing on to other people is what that story can do. And so what I'm trying to illustrate to you is that there's nothing wrong with listening and hearing and holding space for hard story. That's my whole job. What I'm trying to do is once that's once we're done talking and once I'm out of that situation is just to go to myself, that was really hard to hear. And I'm sad about it or I'm angry about it. And now I'm going to let it go. Like I've talked before about what I do after spiritual direct direction appointments. I just say, this is not mine to carry and I let it go. But what I've been adding to that is when I am in a situation like with those three friends is I do something physical because my friends do not want me to carry their trauma or their stress. 
And because I am an empathetic person and tend to, without knowing, hold on to people's stories and carry that around, I'm adding something to my repertoire of release. And that is I do something physical. So maybe I just punch my hand, you know, to get it out. Or I, um, I've talked about screaming. That hasn't been helping me lately, but, or I jog in place or I punch the air. I do something physical because the physical is what's getting it out of our bodies. It's acknowledging it. And it's also saying, I'm letting it go and then doing a physical action. So some people dance, some people stomp. You can do multiple things. Another thing that I've been doing that I added, I've always been a tapper, you know, the tapping things that now um, therapists are recommending. And I just say, again, how amazing children are at dealing with stress and trauma is I have been tapping and counting since I could tap and count. Not not knowing that all of those things were trauma stress relievers. And so knowing that and now having science back it up and learning also learning it from therapists and from friends, I have always kind of been a chest tapper so on you know, my clavicle, just tapping left, right, left, right, left, right with the tips of my fingers. And another thing that I've added has been to put my left hand over my chest and then um, like right under my clavicle and kind of slap. So knowing that the 25 on left, right, left, right, and then take a breath worked so well that has been helping me because I already know that my chest, that that part of your ribs, is a grounding space for me. For you, it might be your belly. For you, it might be the tops of your thighs. For you, it might be the punch. It might be the count. It might be sitting in a room where you count items of the same color. Whatever it is, doing something physical to get it out of your body. And that's all I want to talk about is I've learned this skill and it's helped. Like in the beginning of the pandemic, we lost our cat and we have been fighting for his life for probably about nine months going to different vets, trying to get help. Anyway, the whole thing we realized afterwards was just, you know, many traumas with him over and over and over again. So I found a new vet that hopefully was going to help me that was a straight talker. And my daughter went with me and, you know, so we had to do it the COVID way, which was sit in the car, do an outside exchange, like all this stuff that also is stressful. So stress needs to be released and not stress still needs to be dealt with. So acknowledged, maybe processed, but also released. So I do want to say that just because we're doing physical things in our bodies and we're noticing does not mean that we're not processing. That does not mean that we're letting people off the hook. So 
just remember that, that you're letting yourself off the hook by releasing it. That doesn't mean that you need, you don't need to make amends somewhere or do something somewhere to kind of make something right. It's also getting it out of your body. So we are never letting somebody off the hook for traumatizing our bad behavior, but we are choosing not to carry it. So back to my cat. So I, the first thing I said to the vet is, um, please talk to me straight. I have had vet experience after vet experience that has been so frustrating and costly and has done nothing. And I just need you to tell me, this is what I think you should do. Here's your options. And she did. She was amazing. But she came out and just basically said she thought he had a polyp and polyps you have to be put under to get removed. If she puts him under and she can't get to it or there isn't a polyp, then she doesn't. She didn't recommend waking him up and she could do it right then. Or we could take him home and try something that she was pretty sure was not going to work, but we could at least try it. So that was kind of a shock because we had not expected, I mean, probably in, we were in some kind of denial because we had watched him decline and whatever. Um, so I got in the car with my daughter and she immediately started panicking and crying. And of course, it's her cat. And I have things that I have learned to deal with situations like that. And one of the things that I have learned by my childhood is I cannot lose it. I have to be the strong one, organize my thoughts, and not let the panic creep in, which as a parent, yes, I should do that. But it was also something that in the middle of that, I recognized that I kind of go into autopilot and I needed to stay in a liminal space of not fully going into my autopilot. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to handle it. Let's just do it. And also not losing it and sobbing and crying along with her, but stay in a liminal space of both those places of, yes, this is really hard. I don't really know what to do either, you know, and we don't have to do anything right now. Let's call your dad and talk about it as a family. And so we made the decision to basically wait and do the other option, knowing that that other option probably wouldn't work, but it would give our family time to say goodbye to Francis, our cat, be with him, loving him. And so that's the decision that we made. And because I had been practicing that 25 left, right, left, right, um, arm slap and breath, I, before we drove away, I looked over at my daughter and I said, I'm learning this thing about stress in the body. I want to tell you about it. Um, and I think we should try it. What do you think? And she was like, okay, let's try it. And so you do the left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, you know, and count to 25. And you do it until you can feel that cortisol release. So you, you, I think it's kind of obvious in some situations that are highly stressful. But other situations, you know, there's a subtle shift. And I just call that the release, you know, 
but I think we did it maybe four to six times. And then we looked at each other and we were calmer. And she, she said to me, I think I feel a little bit better. And so that I wouldn't call necessarily putting your cat down traumatic, but we weren't prepared for it. And I would definitely call it highly stressful. So that's what I'm trying to illustrate is there are tools. It's possible that you're doing the tool already. There is something that maybe you do where you're like, oh, I already count. You know, like as a kid, I would get worried when my parents, you know, would stay out late or somebody wouldn't come home and I would just count. Count and count and count and count and count until either I fell asleep or they came home. I didn't know that was the thing people did. Maybe people didn't know it was the thing they did back then. I don't know. So there's might be something that you're doing already that would help relieve the stress. That the things that we're talking about are not self-abusive. I'm not slapping myself hard. I'm gently tapping my arms. I'm gently tapping my chest firmly, centering, holding myself in place. This is not self-abuse. This is not you calling yourself names. This is not you finding another thing to beat yourself up about that you don't know how to do. How can you know how to do something if you've never been taught it? So what this is, is this is more tools to have at the ready when you can feel these stress things start to occur in your body. So one of the ways I would like you to pay attention to these things is in the smaller moments. Maybe you have, you know, maybe you're a parent and you can't get your kid to clean up their room. And I know what that's like. And it's a bad day. And it's just, you know, it's stressful and it ignites something. That's a moment where you can go into the bathroom or take a walk around the block and tap while you're walking or count while you're walking or just pay attention. The first thing, and this is back to Rizma, and I'm sure he didn't invent it, but because I've heard other people talking about it, but it's the noticing. When you start to notice and pay attention to these tells in your body, like, you know, you're getting angry, your face is flush, you're getting hot, your heart is pounding, um, maybe you get a stomach ache, maybe you get a tension headache, maybe your neck is hurting. Everybody is different. Everybody has different tells, and some of those tells are different for different situations. So start to pay attention. Maybe your boss asks you to do something and it's something that it's supposed to be done by somebody else and you feel like because you're a woman or you're a person of color that your boss is taking advantage of that because your boss knows that he can manipulate you. Go into, if you're at work, if you're able to be in person at work, go into the bathroom and do something that helps ground you. Maybe it's as simple as you're having a conversation with a friend 
and your friend is asking you questions and you're telling a story and all of a sudden they cut you off and they start talking about something else. And that can feel disregarding. And I know these are kind of small things, but the small things help us build awareness for the bigger things that we need to pay attention to that really wreak havoc in our bodies. That's all. The reason we start with small things is they're not big. (laughs) It helps us. So back in the day, I created this curriculum called a transformational uh, a transformational workshop and one of the weeks of the transformational workshop was active listening and one of the ways that I encouraged people to practice active listening was to pick situations that were not loaded so I wasn't going to practice practice active listening during a fight with my husband, even though I needed to practice and still do active listening in a fight with my husband, but to start out, don't pick something that is so loaded and could potentially be volatile. You pick little things that you can notice to build the skill of greater noticing and greater awareness so that you can practice. You start small, building and building and building. And one of the things that I don't know if I'm going to do it justice, but one of the things that Resma says is first just notice. Like first just notice that you're having a reaction and you don't need to do anything about it. So just notice that you're having a reaction to your friend not listening to you. Just notice that you're having a reaction to your kid not picking up their room. You know, just notice that your boss is doing that irritating thing again so it's easier on him. Just notice first. There is no requirement. And then as you notice, where is that in your body? Where are you feeling that in your body? Are you tightening your jaw? Are you, is your face getting flushed? Is your heart pounding? And then as you notice that, then you can either take yourself to a place where you can release it from your body or you can say something to yourself inside yourself in your mind i i'm going to remember this and when i get out to my car or when i have a chance to you know head to the bathroom where my kid is taken care of or i have a chance to not be around my boss I'm making a pact with my inner self that I will release this. Because a world carrying around this kind of stress and the levels are increased. I mean, the levels are increased for everybody. Even people that don't normally have a lot of stress, the levels are increased wherever you're living in the world. And for people that are already carrying a lot of trauma, or macro and micro aggressions on top of a pandemic, on top of, you know, whatever their government is doing, you know, on top of in America elections and the racism that is rampant in our systems and structures. 
it's it's too much for the body and the body needs a break so that's that's all i wanted to give to you today is just the reminder that there are tools out there the tools are simple the tools are free you can use the tools anywhere and you deserve the tools you deserve to not have to walk around with so much tension in your body and i deserve it too so thank you for listening i would love to stay connected with you if you want to email me at angiefatal at gmail.com i would love to know how you're doing if any of this is making sense to you and if anything is helping you or also maybe you have suggestions for me maybe you want to suggest somebody that I interview, or you might want to meet with me for spiritual direction, you can go to my website at angiefatal.com. You can find me on Instagram, Angie Fatal Soul Care, on Facebook, on all the things. I'm, I'm not kidding when I say I like to hold space for people. And I have some tools that might help you, but I also know people that If I'm not the right person for you, there are other people that I can recommend. So reach out to me. Also, if you have suggestions of people that you think I should interview on the show, I would love that too. Just just take care of yourselves. Be gentle and kind to yourself because it's hard out there. Remember who you are. You are worth knowing. You are worth loving. You are worth being in this world. Take care, everybody. I'll talk to you soon.